What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. So I'm going to hit the sponsors super quick. Uh, I mean, super quick and nothing against them, but I want to get to it. So check out CourageousLivingToday.com. Check out Rise Nutrition. All the information is in the description. Told you quick. So here's the deal. You guys have been saying, hey, when are you going to do interviews again? And this is it. I'm doing interviews again. Um, and <laughs> I didn't fuck around on the first one back. All right. So today, my guest is the one and only Mark Hunter, uh, the lead singer of one of my all-time favorite bands, Chimera. Um, so first of all, like if you guys know me personally, you know that I am just a massive fan of this band. Um, and I, I've always, you know, Jess would tell you that I've always espoused like, man, as a lyricist, Mark is amazing, blah, 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 right? For years and years and years, like the better part of 20 years, she's heard me talk about this. And so to say that I'm like stoked to have him on the show would be an understatement just for those reasons alone. But something that you guys are going to find out throughout the interview is that he's not just like metal guru, amazing vocalist and lyricist. He's also like a super introspective, super aware, um, super empathetic dude. And I think you'll find that when you hear him talk about how he creates and um, the way that his music has morphed over the years because of his life experience, you're going to find something that you can relate to. And maybe you're not a fan of metal. Maybe like genre wise is just not your jam. But I think if you, if you listen to the man a little bit and hear the whys behind some of it and then jive that up against some lyrics, even if it's a little bit aggressive for you content wise, I would be willing to bet you would go, huh? Yeah, I can feel that on a Tuesday. So I'm not going to belabor the point. I'm just really freaking excited to get into it. So without any further ado, here's my very special guest, Mark Hunter. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Discovery. Going throttle up. All right, everybody. So I, I said it in the intro. I'm going to say it again. I am like over the moon, super geeked out fanboy, excited for my guest today. Uh, I am joined by like one of the most incredible, talented artists I've ever encountered in my life. Mark Hunter, the lead singer of one of my favorite bands ever, Chimera. What's up, man? How's it going? It's going well. Appreciate you having me on and I appreciate the uh, nice intro there, man. Thank you. Dude, super stoked to have you on. And like we said a little bit, you know, the folks haven't heard it, but like I shared with you a little bit of like, because I've been listening to you since, you know, the very first album dropped in 2001 and shared with you like the impact it had on me as a soldier overseas. Like your music, you know, it's it's aggressive. I think that would be one way to put it. But what I what I hear in your music, man, is, is like you've harnessed a lot of pain, a lot of anger and frustration and you took it and turned it into something that could empower people. And I guess like to get going, man, like, first of all, if you want to share, like, where did all that come from? That'd be cool. And then what was the trigger? Like, when did you go, like, for lack of a better term, when did you go, fuck this? Like, I'm not going to let this consume me. I'm going to use it. I don't think that I consciously, I'll start with the second half first. I don't think I consciously knew that that's what I was doing. Like, I didn't understand that it was a therapeutic mechanism if i didn't understand what therapy was you know right. um just starting off i just playing music young i've been a musician since i was you know very young my father was a professional musician so it's kind of ingrained in me and you know in the beginning i'm just performing for family and 
you know, being the little kid, making everybody laugh and entertaining, but I just gravitated. I enjoyed music like right off the bat from a young age and I enjoyed playing it. And when I started creating it, it would, you know, I'm channeling something deep within and I don't really even understand what I'm doing. You know, it's, I don't even, I'm so young, probably, um, you know, 10, 11 years old when I'm trying to create and uh, versus just playing, you know, other people's stuff. Um, That takes it like, it's a whole different animal. Like it feels different inside. Right. And, and, um, so I don't think I understood that it was therapeutic until maybe even my late 20s. Really? Yeah. And so um, I, the band is already on its way. I'm already doing things, you know. To me, I'm like, in the beginning stages of the band, I'm like expelling what I, uh, my surroundings, my my life story, my um just it's it's very like in the now or in the past and it's very like self-centered and um there's not much at the same time there's not much self-awareness right (laughs) um it's not until you know we start touring making an impact i start reading message boards understanding like how lyrics impact the fans meeting fans hearing stories then I start realizing that, well, hey, wait a minute. Fans are doing what I do with music, which is, you know, an escape or a place for me to, um, I guess, better find myself or get through a time or maybe even just get through traffic with my <laughs> foot on the pedal. Um, I guess I wasn't even self-aware enough at the time that to realize that like it was the same thing happening. So once I became conscious of that, conscious of that, my lyrics started to go a lot more outward, a lot more global, um, a lot more to do with, um, like you said, that taking that negative into something positive, I, I more so, letting the listener know that's what's happening. Like in a song, like save ourselves, for example, I'm right. like telling you like, that's what's going on. <laughs> and I was going to ask, man, do you think, cause like being a super fan, you know, do you think that really kind of switched on the self-titled album? Big time. Well, yeah. there was, there was, there was a lot going on on impossibility. There was still a lot of, um, it was more in the now of that, that era and the more angst, but it, the, the angst was a lot better guided, if you will, versus maybe pass out and our EP where I'm kind of all over the place. Um, this was a little more focused and whereas self-titled, I was like, I took like multiple steps back with my lyrical approach. And in, in what regard? Um, how do you explain it? Um, because I gotta tell you, like, pass out is probably like one of my favorites, but self titled, dude, that that shit is incredible. Awesome. I was being careful, and and um, I'm very, I'm being very self aware of who I am now as a lyricist. So it's not that I'm walking on eggshells, it's more like I'm, um, I know what I'm doing now, and 
but I'm, I'm trying to do it in a manner that's like very cautious, but uh, impactful at the same time. Like, I, I, how do you describe it in a, so do you a, think that intentionality was like, do you think it was outside influences? Like you, you felt like you had to, to hit a certain demographic or like come at them a certain way, or was it like label influenced or what was it? Oh, no, no, no. It was just me doing my craft the best that I could possibly do and growing and making sure that I had, um, comes like gone like gone somewhere as a lyricist and not just repeating the same stuff like one conscious thing i did was you know for self-title was not to use um any profanity so where i'm coming from an album where every other word is fuck 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 right uh, it wasn't that it was a challenge it was just more of a conscious like no i'm gonna just be a little bit more I'm going to try to be as impactful and as abrasive without having, without using it. And it's a, it's a it's somewhat challenging, especially in this genre, because how easy is it, you know, just on a breakdown of fuck you, you know, like, it's just, but, dude, I love that you bring that up because I've had, you know, like my wife, Jess, she's, she's been forced to listen to Chimera for, you know, the better part of 20 years. And it's like, that album in particular, she made it through the whole thing with me. And I was like, you notice, like, this is an explicit album, right? She's like, what? Like, it didn't even dawn on her there wasn't profanity because it hits just as hard as the other stuff did. Right, right. Yeah, and that, that was awesome uh, to challenge myself and then to even challenge myself further with that album. And this is, I mean, it's not a very well-known story, but uh, I was um, sending my lyrics back and forth with uh, Rob Flynn from Machine Head and like, hey, man, you're you're one of my favorite lyricists, kind of like how you're talking to me. I was talking to him and uh, I was sending the stuff that I was working on and just, hey, man, just give me your feedback. Right. And just give me brutal feedback, um, honest opinion on what I'm what I'm doing and, you know, what could be changed or improved. And, you know, he offered some good points um, here and there, especially when it came to the song Lazarus. Um, Dude, I was going to bring that song up. If you didn't, that's a heart wrenching song. Thanks. Um, yeah. I just remember working on that one and him uh, just being very complimentary about how descriptive it was. And that, that sort of thing, like, you know, um, when you're getting, positive feedback like that it even pushes you further and good criticism too where like some of the earlier lyrics he was mentioning i don't remember which songs in particular but they were um i think <laughs> i think we were talking about a song title or something and he made a really funny point where he he referenced carcass album titles you know and right. <laughs> artwork now that's memorable. Now, necroticism <laughs> discanting the insalubrious might sound cool. <laughs> but who the hell is it hitting, right? right. You know? There was kind of like a point made with that. And I think I can't, you know, it was so long ago, but I just remember having a conversation that involved that album and like, okay, I just get what you're saying, man. Like a little more straightforward to the point. Um, but yeah, it was cool to like, I had like a little bit of a consult with him and, uh, but the, the label never influenced the band in terms of like, Hey, you guys are supposed to write radio hits or something or change your lyrics, but they would be opinionated. Like Monty Connor, our A&R representative was very opinionated and um, just starting with pass out. 
he didn't like the guitar tones and we butted head on butted heads on that we delivered impossibility some of the early demos and he wasn't feeling those songs and so but because he wasn't feeling those songs it was like what was this guy like a smooth jazz enthusiast no 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 no. this guy signs signed slipknot he slips up a like he's a metal but he was just not uh he was just giving an honest opinion. Like we gave him like, I think one of the first songs we sent him was Stig Murder and Dehumanizing Process or something. And he was just like, man, I don't know. I'm not feeling these. And we're like, damn. But that really made me so upset that we like wrote Power Trip and like, all right, well, what about this? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's indirectly direct, directed at them, you know, like, the song is what it is, but there's also like that double entendre about a, you know, <laughs> fuck I mean, you, you, you can feel it up. on power trip a hundred percent, dude. <laughs> so yeah. It's like there's, there's a little bit of those emotions going through a lot of, you mentioned like, uh, you know, soldier and war and everything that, it, that album is very influenced by the, those times, you know, we were in wars and a lot of that's going on. And I was watching, a ton of of movies uh war movies and the 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 title impossibility of reason actually comes from the movie platoon and or you could say hot shots if you're a comedy fan (laughs) they redid it in hot shots but yeah he he writes a letter to his grandmother and he talks about vietnam being hell they said someone once wrote hell is the impossibility of reason I was like, oh, that sounds cool, man. Sounds like an album title, brother. <laughs> but you know, when that when that album dropped, dude, shortly thereafter, like I was part of the invasion force in Iraq and trust it, that sucker was screaming in my ears when I was rolling in the Mosul. That's fucking crazy. And that's kind it's not that I was like, hey, let's make a soundtrack for people like yourselves. I, I didn't even think of that, right? It I don't I don't understand that sort of things happening until I meet troops as fans that that you know, once we start playing locations like fort bragg or we'll play uh ah, man i'm sorry i was drawing a blank because it's been like eight years but right. there are a few few communities uh is it fayetteville north carolina maybe yep um that have like different types of military bases and that's when we would get to meet soldiers and then they would tell you uh you know amazing stories and then like you're you know all these layers of consciousness impact music moving forward right um but during impossibility i'm looking at the world uh and i'm kind of like angry at it and i'm angry at the the kind of the music industry being you know what it wasn't it was glamour it was sold to us as like a glamorized package and right. then are playing in some dingy ass club making no money broke you know dude can i sidebar on that for a second Sure. Because, you know, I've, like I said before, like I've listened to a bunch of your interviews. You've got a little perfectionist streak in your brother, just a little oh, bit. Um, <laughs> and so like, I I've heard you, you know, express some frustration with that, that you didn't feel like the venues or even like the, sh- the stage presence that was being produced was like on par with what you wanted to give the fans. And I think that's just such a, you know, some bands are out there like, I wanted to be sexy and flashy behind me. So everyone knows how fucking cool I am. But you, what I've heard you espouse is that it wasn't so you felt cool up there. It was so that you were giving them like something that you'd want to come see. Absolutely. Yeah, it's discouraged. I don't give a fuck about the fame or that sort of thing. But it's like 
going to a concert and, you know, getting blown away. But I'm also into like DIY hardcore shows. I'm from both scenes, you know, so if it's going to be a VFW show, that's totally fine. Um, I guess my frustration more so comes from the fact that like we're sold a bag of goods from a lot of people in the label, managers, agents. Oh, you guys are going to be huge. It's going to be like Slipknot. Oh, it's going to be bigger. Oh, <laughs> And and this is frustrating because it doesn't get anywhere even close to this, you know, right. level of success. And when it doesn't get that level of success, it sucks because you have visions like, oh, man, we could do this. We could do that. And but you're you're limited to what you have to work with. So um, in the beginning, I think we're just more or less frustrated because. Yeah, sold a bag of goods is the best way to put it. and. You know, I can even admit maybe we the like the album dropping when it drops, it's the wrong time. Um, had it come out like a year beforehand, it I think it impacts differently. Um, right. But that's just this is just speculative talk. But it, it's it didn't help that our record was finished and then it like sat for for multiple months because Roadrunner was uh, being sold to Island Def Jam. And this whole thing, the record leaked, people had it for a long time. Um, so it really had a couple things up against it um, to, to knock the wind out of our sails. It makes it difficult to tour a new album if people have been ripping it from Kazaa for the last like six months, you know? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so like, but what, what I find interesting, like really interesting about that is you know, a lot because that wasn't your last album with Roadrunner. A lot of people would have been like, well, fuck you, fuck this, we're out. And and maybe just walked away from the whole thing. But you guys like almost doubled down, in my opinion. Yeah. With what you did next. Great. That's a great way to put it, man. Yeah. I never and, even. And so what was the, the you know, what made you guys go like, OK, fuck you, challenge accepted? Huh. That's a good question. I don't know because part of it is we're contractually bound. One A, <laughs> one exhibit one A. Right. Make seven albums with us. We own you for life. <laughs> the glove fits. Damn it. Right. Um, so there's a little bit of like, hey, we know we have this possibility, and I use that, <laughs> no pun intended, that Roadrunner will pick up the option right so here we are pass out it sells i don't know i think maybe around sixty thousand. which in 2022 you man you're like billy eilish right <laughs> right but in 2021 it's like so um we were not even sure roadrunner was going to continue with their end of the contract so they're they're they have an ability right now what's called pick up the option for to do album two. So for them to do album two, not only was, were we doubling down, but we were cutting our pay because pass out when we signed, we signed a really lucrative deal because major labels were after us. So what, what happened was we became a bidding war. We lucked out, but it did, we didn't luck out because the album sales didn't warrant the investment. Right. So here we are like, oh man, they want to keep us, but they want to cut the budget. And we were like, you know what? Who gives a shit? Because we want to record this album 
at home anyway. We don't want to go to like some $200,000 studio like we did with Pass Out. We don't want a big named producer. So this kind of works to our benefit uh, for what we want to do anyway. So we're like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, that's the business side of things. The, the creative side of things, all I can remember is we, we just continuously stayed hungry. We stayed busy on the road. We would write riffs in dressing rooms when we had them. Um, we were still just young, hungry kids with our dicks full of cum, for lack of a better term. Right. Sure. Still, we have so much lead in the pencil. We have so much to prove still. Um, we're, we, we just got off tour with Slayer. We just had a big tour uh, with the band Kitty at the time who were who were massive then. Oh, yeah, they were killing it then. And so we were kind of like, why wouldn't we continue? Like, you know, these all these bands we go out with, they like us, the fans like us. Um, so I think, you know, we believed in ourselves. We were still very hungry. And then the business side worked as well. And so moving into that next album when you guys are doing it on the fly like did you feel like you you know because i know what comes next like did you reconnect a little bit with like the process like how you wanted to do it what was the because there was definitely some refinement lyrically um i you know the messaging started coming out much more pointed in my opinion like there wasn't a lot of static like you, you weren't confused what you were saying like right. was that was that from a like a frustration thing, like, nope, God damn it. Like you're going to fucking hear me. Or what was it that like pushed it in that direction? Do you think, you know, I think part of it is just getting better. Uh, well, that's you know, paint the fence <laughs> up, down, left, right. You know, like pretty soon you're like a Kung Fu master, uh, by muscle memory. You know, part of it is definitely that, um, not Kung Fu, sorry, karate. You know. It's all right. Johnny was the real champ. We know that. We know this, you know, I didn't mean to th mix, mix martial arts there. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. But uh, <laughs> the um, it's just part of it is just getting better. And then part of it is uh, what the music does to me, right? Like, what is what does it make me think? Um, I'm a very intuitive person, so I like to go by feel, um, you know, my I run a Twitch show and most of it is me being a DJ every morning. Right. So right. every morning I have to make a playlist. It's always by feel, right? Like, what do I feel like I'm scrolling through first time I look, I see an artist. Boom. Does this song pop in my head? That's how I pick the song. There's really not rocket science. It's just, why is it snapping in my head? I don't know. So I might hear a riff and melody and all of a sudden i'm thinking about the movie the shining like whoa why does this sound like the movie the shining and <laughs> i'm like i don't know so i just get inspired i'm like that'd be cool lyrics to write about so then you get pictures in the gold room happening um so it it, it tends to just be um first thoughts pure hatred super organic i hear those guys i walk in they're just playing that riff and I just picked up the mic and I literally sang that there was no thought process. It just is like I mean, one of the moments. Like, so, you, is I that one of your favorite songs that. ever? Cause I think for every Chimera fan, that's probably Not really, no, I wouldn't even put it in my top. How dare enough. you do. Don't tell Mark Hunter. He'll be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a lot, but I think for playing in the crowd, you know, like a good hook, that's, 
you know, that's a great, one of the greatest ones to play. I mean, that's been turned into memes, dude. Come on. <laughs> sure. Sure. I just think that musically we have more out there to offer, I guess that, that does more for me internally, but that song was literally like, Hey, I wrote this cool chorus, but now I have to write a song around that chorus. Gotcha. So, it backwards it all. It's always different. Um, and yeah, it's just the focus and the harnessing of things get better over time as I become a more self-aware B just practice makes perfect. Um, C meet people and listen to their feedback and what our music and lyrics do for them. And then also traveling. Like there's, you, you know, there's this part of, um, you're out of the you're out of the cave right and uh now you've seen the world and it's it's not what you thought it was supposed to be and so this starts to trickle in the more you more i travel right and lyrics start becoming more and more global based and more and more like wait a minute this dude in sri lanka is exactly the same as the dude in perth who's exactly the same as the girl in uh germany who's so this you know starts to happen you know almost sounds like buddha's journey but it it is it is what it is and this definitely jump dumps into the music as well and plays into the fact that experience travel um getting out of your comfort zone getting out of the box life's ups and downs all those things just start stacking and stacking. And I think that um, now you, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with, I'm almost, I'm almost at a level of mastery with the craft. You know, I put in the amount of hours of to be considered a master of the craft. I don't consider myself a master of the craft until age of hell. Fans can disagree with me. <laughs> it's okay. Like, so why do you say that though? Um, is it because you've like gained perspective? I mean, cause what you're saying is absolutely true, brother. Like when you start realizing that you've got something in common with 100% of the people on the planet, as long as you shut the fuck up for a minute to figure it out, like that's a big aha moment, right? Correct. And so why do you think that album? Cause I don't disagree. I love that album, but like, what is it that you think? Like that was where you really hit like apex predator. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, I- because I feel afterwards I wasn't able to hit it again. Like if the, <laughs> when it came time to do crown of phantoms, I felt like, Oh my God, this is how my top in age of hell. And I didn't, and I knew age of hell wasn't like super popular with the fans um, for the album or whatnot, but it, it was in terms of the creation, it, it, it flowed like wine. <laughs> it just, it just came out. It was, not effortless but almost effortless and it was a culmination of everything i had learned and i was like at that point where i was able to use it all like the raw angst of being a teenager um i was able to tap into that i'm able to tap into like real problems of the now with the band imploding um i'm able to be very you know cautious and under conscientious, I should say, not cautious, conscientious is the word I want to say. Important uh, distinction. Of, of who I'm singing for, 
Um, it's a bit of everything. Uh, and, and it feels like um, that's where I'm at that point in my life where I can perform better than I ever have been able to. I can write better than I've ever been able to. Um, it comes out much easier without having to force anything. And um, it's that's, again, instinctive. And when I, I look at the lyrics, I'm like, man, these just read really well. I can find multiple meanings in each song. I can tell you how clockwork is about four or five different things. Right. And that type of stuff made it really fun as a lyricist to be able to um, make the audience, if they're still into that sort of thing, guessing, you know, some of it's like clear as day, perhaps like the opening track. It's like, yeah, that is that song about the band falling apart. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Pretty much. But then it gets it gets a little more interesting and, and a little more out there and that album and crown of phantoms i've spent trying to have songs with multiple meanings um and that that in itself is a lot of fun as do you think that was because of like the acknowledgement of the the macro picture because like i know when i first started making content dude i was like okay i i know i can hit with veterans that's low-hanging fruit and so and i know i can hit with leaders because that's something i know and so my messaging was like kind of targeted to where I knew I could hit, but the more I was in it, the more I realized like, okay, the more authentic I am, the more, you know, that I, because like I started getting 60 year old ladies commenting on the show. I'm like, okay, that's not what I expected, but I'm mm. into it. And once you start acknowledging that, okay, it's not this micro niche that I had in mind, like this is hitting on a bigger level. Like it's got a more far reaching. And so then I, I would agree like that definitely influences how you create because you know, like you, you don't want to leave anyone hanging. The next time something comes out of your face, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I also remember experimenting a little bit on, on age of hell and trying to get real, almost like that album was like a crossroads, right? Because the band is imploding and we were writing a bit of co content that was like, all right, dude, if you're going to admit, if you're going to hit, like, if you, if you've been hitting, you know, doubles and triples and all of a sudden you're going to like bunt, <laughs> like, but, but this bunt is like the one at the end of movie major league that wins right. the game that's the kind of move we were trying to make almost <laughs> like uh this is the time we can take it because the band is imploding and it's new members are coming in so we can take this opportunity and um it's going to sound different but um the the i lost my train of thought start thinking about major league it'll do it every single time <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Like, where the hell was I going with major league? <laughs> but like the, the broader audience topic. The broader audience. Yes, 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 yes. And that's what I meant. Yeah. And I remember writing lyrics and I'm like, okay, I can take this moment and almost be like a hip hop artist where they would be commenting on things that are very much the now, very much, you know, exactly what they're talking about, especially if you speak street code. Um there's no like mystery. There's no, I can relate to that. <laughs> right. It's very like total different style. And it just didn't work. Like it sounded ridiculous. It sounds goofy for me to even not like rap, but even just make lyrics that. Um, you know, now that you said that people are going to try and get you to rap. 
Oh, of course. <laughs> hey, man, they call me Master Class, bro. I'm a raging disaster. Walk anywhere near me, I'll fucking smash you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the, the uh, yeah, but that's what it, 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 no, you're fine. The it, it doesn't work for me to be micro, I can be micro and macro at the same time. For example, like a song like um, uh, Powerless, uh, since we're on Edge of Hell, that song is very personal to me. The lyrics are very much directed at one person that person is very much very well aware and loves that song as well but on a macro level it can be you know very meaningful for example and i think that's you know not to to sound like a total kiss ass but even from from start to finish dude like i think you've always done an exceptional job of at the micro level like it's the emotion right it's whether it's anger, frustration, sadness, you can capture that, but make it palatable to the macro as far as like any human being with ears to listen could, if, and if they can read lyrics, if they can't track, like they would, they could see themselves, they could feel that in some situation, like, like they could relate it to a really shitty Tuesday or whatever the case may be. That's something I think you've always done really well. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. That's something I strive to do because then again, we go back to the, the started this when i said hey i'm realizing music uh fans of our music are doing what i did with music so that's like uh, an artist like lane staley allison chains i always reference this but i don't know what it's like to do heroin man i don't i've never seen it but goddamn, do i feel his pain and do i feel like i feel it on that level and do i know what it feels like down in a hole Dude, i was gonna say if you hear down in a hole and don't feel that there's something wrong with you Right. So that's kind of like, man, that's what I'm hoping to do on, on my own level, you know, is it, and with my own stories and, and different hardships and different uh, experiences. So, and I do, I mean, obviously I super fan, I think you nailed it, but like there's one track and I touched on it before we even got going on the recording, but I have to talk about it because it had a massive influence on me during my second deployment. Um, and, you know, it's one of those songs that like, knowing the track of the band and knowing where you guys were at at the time, like I'm pretty confident I know what the song was about. And so just that little insider scoop is like really validating because, and this really will speak to what we're just talking about. But for me, like resurrection, dude, um, that song just screams, like I'm going to take the worst case scenario and turn it into something so positive. It hurts your fucking feelings. Like, <laughs> You you got it. And and I was in Baghdad, man. Like it a shitty Wi-Fi connection took two and a half days for the album to download on iTunes. But the first time I put that sucker in my ear, I was like, oh, let's go shoot some shit. I was fired up, dude. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> man, I like I like your descriptions. Um, your your descriptions of our music and that what I'm doing is uh is on point, right? You can you can you could go on one level. And be like, all right, yeah, the band went through some hardships with their label, and they're like, blah blah blah, and like they've resurrected. The Andals is back, woohoo! But your level is much deeper and correct. <laughs> but you know, I think I think it's, it's not- deeper because that's how I absorbed it, man. I think that's how a lot of people absorb that song. You got the raw emotion. You know what that's coming. You know where I'm coming from. And it, dude, it it comes out so clearly. Like I can, you know, having heard everything to that point, it was like. 
it, it almost felt good as a fan. Like, fuck yeah, dude, get them. Like I was excited for you, you know? Right. Right. And that, <laughs> that album did, uh, I wouldn't say embarrass anybody, but uh, you know, of course that you, you want to shine people on, but yeah, it, it, if, if it does anything, it did the numbers. And that's the most important thing. It does the, it does better numbers than, than the predecessors. So like mission accomplished on, on that level. And I guess to that end, like, you know, one of the, the big woo woo questions, I guess I'll ask is like, cause so many people struggle with like that raw emotion. Cause that shit's real. Like, there was a lot of anger. There was a lot of frustration. There was a lot of like, you, you got kind of screwed over, dude. And to, to take that and harness it and say, you know what? I'm not going to let this consume me. I'm not going to let this own me. I'm not going to let this influence me to the point that I'm going to do something stupid. I'm going to take all this bad shit and I'm going to harness it and pump it out into something good. Like there's something inside you that gives you the ability to do that like what do you attribute that to is it like an example you had as a kid how you were raised or just like this determination to succeed i think um man i don't know that i have a determination to succeed oh stop it dude you're oh, one no, of the no, hardest working dudes on the planet no, honestly I, I have like a very lazy you know i have that lazy gene man like hour before this this interview i'm like laying in bed like ah oh, playing some video games and I'm actually sniping people <laughs> it's like laying in a fucking bush come on by i'm gonna fucking blow your head off but anyway uh i but the drive the drive i think it, man that i wish i knew because like sometimes i don't feel like i have it and i like where do i go to tap into it right um some of the the the, the drive i had when i was younger um I think how I'm raised, you know, has a little bit to do with it. I, I think a lot of metalhead singers and a lot of metalcore singers are um, not too dissimilar when you find out they're um, they're children of divorce and right. they may have had a, an alcoholic father or something in their lives, or you know, it's not it's not a whoa, that's a fucking uncommon story, dude. Sure. You're and you and you turned it into a metal singer? No way. Um, and you have a rebellious attitude. But I think that happened, you know, early on. I started becoming very rebellious when my parents separate. My father was military, so it was very yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Right. And then my mom couldn't didn't have that much control power or control over me. And um you know, I start to lash out and become rebellious, start listening to heavy metal, blah, blah, blah. Um, but when I started playing music with friends and playing heavy metal, more importantly, with friends, I just noticed it made me feel good, like how fucking awesome it was to play. And those uh, were better times than, I guess, being the lonely teenager, you know, um, sitting around uh, in the suburbs with nothing to do, bored and depressed or something, you know. Uh, so it's just playing. And like, once I figured out like how fun it was to play and, um, with friends and like write music and learn music, my teen years became a lot more focused and I'm just, I'm, I, I'm doing that instead of going to parties. I'm like, Hey, I want to write, let's go, you know, hang out with the dudes that are, are going to play drums and guitar and singers and we can sit around and play Metallica songs or write our own songs. Or maybe we can go to the dude that has the studio, Ben Shiggle. He's in our high school. Um, maybe he'll let us record funny songs and 
we were doing that instead of getting fucked up, you know. Um, I wasn't drinking or doing drugs or anything like that. And my that my fix was movies and music. So if I wasn't playing music with friends, I'd watch movies. And those were my big escapes. Um, so I didn't have to be focused on like how shitty it is to be a teenager. Right. <laughs> like, you know, my problems aren't any different than anyone else's. So I, I wish I could be like, man, I had this tragic thing happen, man. My fucking no, but nothing tragic happens. It's it's very um cliche even. But um the you know, once seeing you see like people become interested in the band, bands that you're doing, even if it's like silly high school stuff, um that reward center kicks in. Um, and then you get people that are very, you start to develop a crowd of naysayers and you can't do that or including family. Like you're not my favorite people on the planet. You can't be a musician professionally. Oh, really? And that like, once the naysayers kick in and like the 17, 18, 19 year old range, that's when I think a lot of the piss and vinegar comes out because then I start seeing bands from Cleveland that are doing really well um you know environment man and it's so so important for me you know, like bands like integrity and um shit nine inch nails is from here man right um but integrity mo- most important They're, they they develop metal core you, you know this guy dwid the singer i befriend him i get to go to all these shows get to learn about the hardcore scenes ins and outs like the business side of it cool stories get to get on shows my hardcore band like it influences me to be like do what he's doing like man i want to be like well fuck integrity these guys are down the street and then he introduced me to apartment 213 another awesome cleveland hardcore band legendary and i befriend that singer and i'm like whoa like these guys are doing exactly what i want to do but they're playing in clubs they're not just playing in the garage like me and my buddies or my buddy Ed's basement. That's like what we're limited to. <laughs> These guys are actually playing in venues. And then sometimes they'd open up for national acts, fucking in integrity open for Pantera, like in uh, the Cowboys era. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, that's. that's so, so like, this is the kind of environment where like, this dude can play with Pantera that I'm friends with that lives in the same town as me. I'm not saying I can do the exact same thing, but I'm saying I can do the exact same thing. But dude, what you did and like, here's the thing. When something's easy, organic for us, we have a tendency to devalue it. So I'll do it for you. Um, What you did is you rebelled for a good fucking reason, right? Everyone says like, oh, rebellion's bad, right? Don't do that. You should follow the rules and get good grades. Yeah, cool story. But you (laughs) rebelled for a good reason, right? You rebelled. And what, what ended up happening is it took you out of a lot of negative environments, particularly high school. Like that's the Genesis moment for all stupid decisions. And then you intentionally started surrounding yourself with people who were friends to your destiny. Like that's massive, dude. So like, yeah, you can shortchange it. Cause like, yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. But there are so many people who wouldn't have done that, man. There's so many people who would not have like taken the time to get to know the people, to make the connections on a real level, not just like, Hey, I'm a fan. Like the, you know, show up and really be a part of the community. And you were, you were intentional. Like it's not because you were clout chasing some guy who opened for Pantera. It was because. No, I was a fan. Like exactly. He talking to me. I'm like, Whoa, really? You want to be friends with me? You want to talk to me? Like, right, I was right. and, and, and curious. And, you know, I have a very inquisitive nature, I guess that would helps 
if you know you want to learn more about the psyche uh i i on tour the options are hang out on the bus play video games did it hang out on the bus do girls eh, maybe right or hey you can walk around and learn what the sound guy's doing you can learn what the light guy's doing you can learn all the ins and outs of the business because one day you might not have a job and you might need one right you're not always going to be singing. Wouldn't it be cool to be like, well, maybe I'll be the sound guy or maybe I'll be a tour manager or a roadie if things don't work out. So I chose that the majority of the time. Um, just sit around and watch the light guy or watch the sound guy I learned in the beginning. And then I want to like learning how to do sound for some of the bands that open for us. And um, just to help, you know, learn the craft, but also like, dude, how are you going to have uh, a tray? You sound like shit. And like, come on, they're, they are the easiest band to mix and make sound good. They're just right. a rock band. Like, just like, come on, I can do it. <laughs> I'm an idiot singer. You know? <laughs> Let me try. So, but that kind of, you know, like push the sound guy away and um, just learn the whole business. That was but brother, more- that speaks to your character on such a, a huge level, right? Because like that does a couple of things. Like one, it you have a whole new level of humility because you're not just the rock star, right? Like, and you have a highly increased level of empathy, which totally influences how you interact with humans, period. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I was also a dickhead at the same time. Well, that's okay. It's fair. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're not a, it's not a dickhead. It, we already said you're a perfectionist. You want it a certain way. Yeah, it's okay. But no- you know, but with being bipolar, though, honestly, um, you can get that. I have the opposite guy, right? I'm the Gemini. I'm the bipolar. You, sometimes I'm like the very frustrated, angry. Why are you here? Fucking I'm don't bother me kind of guy. And that interfered with me a lot in the beginning. And that was unfortunate. I think that. um it, As much as, you know, the, the nice complimentary things you said, I don't think I become that guy more so, or at least become aware that I'm that guy uh, until much later in life, like even like early forties, um, just because I think I'm so focused and so driven. Anyone that's going to f- come in my way and prevent that is going to get capped. Right. Oh yeah, dude. I feel out, that, you know, and I don't work. I don't roll that way anymore. Right. So, but th- then I definitely had that charged, like, if this was the military, I- I'm a loose cannon. Like, you're, you know, you're, you can't control me. I'm a disciplinary case because right. I'm going <laughs> to start shooting the fucking place up. Like, fuck that guy. No, fuck him. Kill him. Right. <laughs> oh, wait, dude. You have to ask some questions him. first. Right. I asked the questions now. I didn't ask questions then, but. Perhaps that helped get us where we needed to be because the fucking cut industry was so cutthroat. A lot of times you have to be in that weird mindset and almost like you're on the defense. But I mean, you know, to equate it to something I know, dude, like there, there's a time and a place in the season for everything. Right. Oh yeah. So like even walking down a different street in Baghdad, I behave differently. Like there was, there were streets where I was daps and hugs and like, Hey guys, and I'll give kids candy in the next street. I'm like, all right, like, anyone pops out of these windows, we're going to shoot them. And it's, you just have to know the environment you're in. And I don't, I don't feel like having one person over here because it's what you need to survive makes you a dickhead. I think that makes you a a survivor who's driven to succeed. 
All right, then. I'm I'll a, take. I'll be a professional spin guy for you, dude. I got you. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes I was an asshole. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, but, you know, we all got that a little bit here and there where you're like just grumpy. But I learned to harness that, which I feel was kind of challenging, like, because that was a level of self-awareness, again, from more traveling, more experience, more lyric writing, more soul searching, and uh, just feedback from the band you know you get into band tiffs and stuff like that and um there i would be empathetic to wanting to be uh a better front man and quote-unquote leader for them but then like it gets to the point where when everything is imploding the focus has to shift on like all right well now i gotta survive like right. who's surviving and what's gonna happen so it no longer can be uh yeah, your environment, like you said, changes. And now the changes is survival, then it becomes rebuilding environment. And that's your, the rebuilding environment is crazy, right? You're building things from scratch right. over again. And that's a whole different mindset. You have to hold five different people, different personalities to come into the mix. It's a lot. Well, I dude, I will be a CEO ever again. No, no. I, that's why, like, I'm I'm my only employee. That's the best way yeah, to do it. Same. Um, so I know you got a hard stop at an hour, but I, last thing I'll ask you, dude, and then I want you to just tell everyone where to find you because you know, again, hashtag superfan. Um, but like, and I'm putting you on the spot, maybe. But if you if you could like say one thing, right? Maybe maybe it's to 13 year old Mark. Maybe it's to anyone out there who's like got an aspiration, got a dream, got something that. You know, like I have a saying, like haters are just fans with shitty attitudes. Right. But like mm -hmm. who's up against it, who's who thinks it's like insurmountable, like these goals I'll never achieve. And who's got that, you know, negativity bias coming through their head. What would you tell them? What would fucking power trip Mark Hunter tell them? <laughs> Man, that's a great question. And definitely not one I've ever been asked. So I'm going to be pulling this one out of my ass a little Perfect. bit here. <laughs> The uh, man, it, I was hoping you were going to be like, you know, aspiring musician. Just, just keep practicing, dude. That's the easy. <laughs> just keep playing. Or what would you have done different? I would have kept practicing, man. Just keep, right. practicing. keep practicing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, because I, you know, it, it's still I'll wake up to the every day, man, sometimes with some sort of struggle. It can be something stupid. We'll take something minor like today. I wake up and my oh my god, my nose is fucking clogged. Do I have Omicron? Yeah. Uh, like, I can't breathe, you know, like I'm fucking nervous. I'm like, should I cancel the stream? Oh my god, I gotta cancel the whole fucking day. All right, I'm gonna take some nose spray. Um, jump in the hot shower, start farmer blowing everywhere, right? <laughs> Just right. All out of my system. And then like I immediately like here I'm here I am. I'm at the, the crossroad. All right. Am I sick? Do I have a cold? Or am I gonna fucking put on my clothes, go out in the one degree weather, and take a long ass walk and get ready for the fucking day? And this happens almost every day. It can right. be like something, it doesn't have to be a cold. I'm too tired. I have diarrhea. I got a lot of work to do. I want to play a video game. I want to watch this movie. I want to watch a show. Or am I going to go fucking kill the day? And like, I, you know, I choose to go kill the day. I go out, I walk, I'm freezing. 
But then like, as soon as I get back, I feel so much better that I did it. And if I have to tell my 13 year old self, something is to stop like, like that dude will always choose the easier way out. And choosing that easier path is, um, and this could be said with anything like, Hey, I hate that new fucking Slayer album. That's choosing the easier path. Right. Besides going, taking your time to really listen to it and find the things you like about it and tell me what you like about it. That's the hard path. Right. Uh, we will all know that's a bad analogy because there are no bad Slayer albums, Fact. but I digress. <laughs> anyway, that choosing, choosing the, the harder path is the most rewarding. And um, there's always something that's going to like be something in your way. And sometimes they're major things like, Hey, we got a record deal. Someone's going to die. Right. Like, and I hear this a lot. Like when I've listened to other podcasts from, from some of the people that I consider influencers, not like, not a TikTok influencer, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like real people. Uh, (laughs) uh, But yeah, that's the thing I I hear a lot is, um, you know, like a, a, a similarity with that mindset of, um, just that how rewarding like or like choosing something to to do something major something major happens and or a lot of times that really tests your will and tests if you're like true enough to be on that mountain right you're going to climb everest okay here's what you got in front of you and here's and here's another 50 things on top of it that you weren't planning for exactly are you still going to get on top of it so um my problem with the band is I got on top of Everest. I got a ton of things thrown at me. I stayed on top of Everest. Then I kept getting gets thrown up. Top. I'm like, I don't really want to be on Everest anymore. Like <laughs> you can keep throwing stuff at me. I'll right. stay here as long as you want, but fuck this mountain. Like I, can I go on a different one now and try something else? Right. That would be the best analogy <laughs> for, for why I didn't continue after like multiple times of it falling apart. But to get to that mountain, I, I, I'm not saying it's as, you know, the same as climbing Everest. I have no idea because I've never done it. But I can imagine there to be a lot of hurdles and obstacles to get to the top of this location. Definitely. Just as there were a lot of hurdles and obstacles that make you want to quit, make you want to not even play the show, make you want to fucking turn the bus around, go back home, make you want to get on a plane for 20 years. This happens every fucking day. Something's right. I'm at you. So you not only do you have to have the mindset, five other guys in the band, and if you're referring to Kamira, had to have that mindset. So kudos to them as well, because it's not easy when you have an option to just go lay back in bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really for sure, dude. Um, so I you know, I struggle like anyone else to get up and be motivated and go and kill the day. But uh, there's never a time where I'm like, you know, man, I really am so disappointed. I went and did that extra set of legs. Right. Or I'm really disappointed. I went and, you know, reconnected with those friends. Like that never happens. That's the best analogy. We all have that. Like, man, why did I make plans? 
exactly. <laughs> I don't want to fucking go to dinner with this classic introverts. <laughs> like, oh, can't I be sick? Can't I just get AIDS right now? Something <laughs> My phone else. doesn't work. Something. Yeah yeah. 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 But then I go and connect. And then next thing you know, like something amazing happens from that. You know? Dude, you know what reminds me of? This is so weird. And it's a probably a terrible analogy to wrap your point on. Because uh, I had a lot of other great things to say about it. But it's almost like Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ah. Where he's like, he's like, you know, he, he's sick and he's laying in bed. And then he's like, fuck it, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. And he has a great day. He has a great Perfect day. analogy. Dude, you are 100% right. I am Cameron. So <laughs> here's, here's one I'll throw back at you to really fuck your day up. Good. Thank you. Cameron is the the real protagonist of the film. Ferris is nothing but his alter ego consciousness dream. Mm. So who really gets Sloan? That's the question. In his mind, he does. <laughs> All right. Yep. I did it. You broke and, my brain, brother. <laughs> okay. Now I'm going to break it even further. There is a Ferris Bueller's Day Off TV show starring Jennifer Aniston. Is that real? It is real. All the episodes are on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> Taking notes. And then, no, I, I don't really remember the Cameron. There's a theory about Cameron. I might be slightly messing it up, but Google that one as well, because it's a really funny rabbit hole. And whoever like, you know, hey, man, no, this movie's about Cameron. The film right. analysis, <laughs> they'll make you believe it for a few minutes. It's a good probably time. since been committed, but this piece of gold is still on the Internet. And that's important. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Well, hey, look, I know you got to run, but um, where can people find Mark these days? Well, uh, the best place is on the Internet. If you uh, the internet, and what is that again? <laughs> it's this uh, <laughs> World Wide Web. Google.com, brother. Uh, yeah, I'm on I'm on most of the social media platforms, but I'll be honest with you that I'm not very prolific these days. Uh, but where I am prolific is on Twitch. And that would probably be the best place you can find me. And if you go to twitch.tv slash chimera underscore Mark, you'll find me. Awesome. Well, I appreciate from, it. From oh. There you will find every, you will find the rabbit hole, the treasure trove, the treasure trove, everything you ever wanted to know. You want to know what kind of damn fucking computer I'm talking to you on and microphone mouse. You can find it there. <laughs> Shit. Want to know what Funko Pops I have? Go there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the people want to know. Hell yeah, brother. I appreciate you coming on, man. And it's been a blast. Like, you know, last last fanboy thing, I'll say, like, for real, like a massive honor for me to talk to you, dude. Like I said before we started talking, like you you were on 75% of every patrols I ever went on. You didn't even know it. So thank you for on behalf of the guys that I serve with, because I know what an impact you had on them. Like, thank you for getting us through some really shitty stuff, dude. That's awesome to hear. I really appreciate that. Um Again, it's like I said, I think it's so, such an inexplicable, inexplicable appreciation um, for what you guys do and what you guys endure. And to know that uh, something that I was a part of um, helped you get through those days is is huge for me. And I uh, really appreciate that. And I'm glad I got the opportunity to meet you and uh, take the time. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. All right, man. All right, folks, there you have it. That was the show. Um, man, like, did I tell you? I told you. I know I did. Um, but what an incredible dude, right? Like, super easy to talk to. And I'm going to be straight up with you guys. Like, 
we did that blind. We didn't do a pre-show. We didn't do a digital high five. We talked for maybe two and a half, three minutes before we hit record. So it always impresses me someone who's who's been interviewed as much as he has and you know had the had the opportunity to have questions asked to him. It always impresses me someone who can like just just have a real conversation with somebody. And I think that speaks volumes to who he is as a person. And I can tell you, like, man, talk about bucket list. Like I had a blast talking to him. So I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you took something away from it. Hey, do me a favor, check him out. Like check him out on social. Like I've I've seen his show on Twitch and it is it is massively entertaining. And it's just cool to see him. Um I think the cool thing about it for me as a fan is it's like there's no ego when he's on there. It is him connecting with his people and giving back in just a massive way that I think maybe he doesn't even realize how much it's appreciated. So check him out on there. Uh, give him a like, give him a follow on Twitter, all that good stuff. And I hope you guys enjoy the show and I will talk to you next time.